In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. Seahawks losing to the Giants. You had the Washington football team beating the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers. And you had the Raiders almost losing to the defeated New York Jets. I'm going to get into all these games. But first, let's get into this Raider game. I mean, the Raiders went into this game. And this was a game where, unfortunately, it was a must win. And where you look at a lot of teams where it's a 0-11 team, you shouldn't say this is a must-win. But because of the losses to Kansas City, because of the loss to Atlanta, this is now a must-win situation if the Raiders want to talk about playoffs. So the Raiders go into this game. And at first, it was kind of back and forth. It was like, okay, the defense gets pushed down the field. Offense gets out there. They move the ball. And then the offense just busts it open. You know, the, the Jets were moving a lot. The Jets were moving on them a lot. They were able to score at will. Uh, but then Derek Carr and the offense just tore it up. And Darren Waller was unstoppable. Darren Waller had 200 yards on the day. I mean, he was just completely unstoppable. He was able to do whatever he wanted against that team. They could not. They couldn't cover him. They couldn't do anything. Um, you know, throughout the game, it was it was kind of frustrating because defensively, it wasn't there. Offensively, there were times where the team looked great, and then there were other times where the team just fell flat or times where, you know, it was an overthrow or a fumble or an interception or there were so many things that, that went wrong where it shouldn't have gone wrong against a team like this. But, you know, that's to be expected. Any given Sunday, you never know what you're going to get. And unfortunately, because of that, you know, fans are soured because of the way that the Raiders played against the Jets. Me personally, yeah, obviously, you know, almost losing is frustrating. However, winning always cures everything, and that's one of the biggest things. Is the Raiders ended up pulling out a win. Uh, Greg Williams sent the kitchen sink at Derek Carr with 13 seconds left, third and de- third and long. Uh, Carr audibles, brings back some coverage, gets some good blocks, and Henry Ruggs just takes it to the house. Redemption for what happened earlier in the game. He had a ball bounce off his hands uh, on a high throw. He had a fumble. Uh, but he, when it mattered, when the game was on the line, Henry Ruggs came up huge. And the fact that Carr went back to his rookie, the fact that Carr went back to the young the young player and 
helped him gain that confidence, right? Helped him gain that confidence to get back into the game, to, to shake off whatever happened earlier. It shows what's going to happen in the future. It shows the progression of what this team can be. Uh, it shows the maturity of Carr as a leader. Uh, it shows the maturity of Ruggs to be able to shrug that off and have a short memory and forget about the turnovers because the Raiders, at the end of the day, won the game. Looking at some games that didn't go the way of some of these teams is you had the Steelers go into Washington to face the Washington football team, and they got beat by a team without a name. But not only did they get beat without, by a team without a name, they got beat by Washington, a team that hasn't been good, a team that you know is in the worst division of football, and they pulled out a win. They beat the Steelers, and the Steelers made some questionable calls. Jack Del Rio, credit to Jack Del Rio and his defense. Uh, they were able to stop Ben Roethlisberger when it mattered. And huge shout-out to Alex Smith. I mean, the guy is still out there doing it. I think that win right there cemented his comeback player of the year. Uh, he had gotten cleated earlier in the game. Blood was gushing out of his leg. I mean, you could see the blood just dripping out, pouring out, and he just went out there and played. And that shows the toughness mentally and physically of Alex Smith. Uh, and I think that that speaks to everything that he's gone through uh, this season, this past couple of years, uh, following his leg injury. But not only that, but, you know, what, what he dealt with in San Francisco, what he dealt with in Kansas City. Uh, looking over at Seattle and New York, Seattle and New York Giants, the Giants beat the Seattle Seahawks. Colt McCoy hadn't had a win as starting quarterback since 2014. And they pulled out a win against the Seahawks. And the Seahawks are red hot. Russell Wilson is a top MVP candidate. The Seahawks have a great offense. Their defense is just like the Raiders. It's very suspect. Um, and they're bailed out a lot by their good offense. And so uh, to see that, it was just, it would be, like I said, it was a crazy week. You had the Raiders win uh, in a game that shouldn't have been as close as it was. You had the Redskins, I'm sorry, the Washington football team win. Uh, and you had the Giants win. And then tonight, tonight, as I'm speaking right now, by the time this podcast is done, the game should be over. But as I'm talking about it right now, you have another COVID situation with the Ravens. And this is really what I want to get into. This is what I want to dive into. This is the, the meat and potatoes of this podcast. This is really what the nitty gritty of this is, is the league talks about player safety. The league talks about taking care of players and making sure players are safe in that people are taken care of and people are healthy and the COVID protocols are followed. And then you have a situation where you have the Ravens who have had almost half of their team on the COVID list at any point during the season. You've had, you have the Ravens who've had their facilities shut down. You have the Ravens who have had games moved. You have the Ravens who their quarterback was just activated today. And today during the pregame before the game, Des Bryant is out there warming up, catching footballs, hugging his former teammates again with the Cowboys, talking to people on the field, not wearing a mask. And they take him off the field and they test him for COVID-19. Des Bryant tests positive. They tell Des Bryant that he cannot play the game and that he's got to go. So Des Bryant, in typical Des Bryant fashion, takes to social media imposes a very, very significant question. If he tests positive and he's on the field and he's going through drills and he's got close contact with all these players, does the game still go on? 
Now, based off of league rules, based off of what the league is saying, based off of the league's COVID policy, the game shouldn't go on. The game should be postponed. The Technically, the Ravens should have to forfeit. You know, this is the second time that – actually, the third or fourth time that the Ravens have had a game postponed. The Steelers game was postponed two or three times. And this is now putting not only the Ravens at jeopardy, but the, the Cowboys as well. So you have to look at that. Not to mention the fact that the game was not postponed. The game is being played right now. So you have Des Bryant, who tested positive for COVID-19, who's out there hugging, high-fiving, catching, throwing, with all this on the field, sweating on the field, in a place where he's in contact with all these players, all these fa- all these players, all these officials, all the coaches, and you have to ask yourself, where does player safety come into play? Where does player safety matter? When does it matter? Does it matter when it's convenient for the league? Does it matter when the league doesn't have to cancel a primetime game? Does it matter when the league's not going to lose money? Or does it matter when it actually matters for the players? Because if you look at it, Last week, the Denver Broncos had all of their quarterbacks out. Their quarterbacks were considered close contact. Every single quarterback was out. They pulled a guy up from the practice squad who had never taken quarterback reps to play quarterback in a professional football game. A guy who had never never played professional quarterback. A guy who had never practiced with the team, really, at that position to play against one of the best defenses in the league. And we talk about player safety. You know, you have the Raiders who, you know, you had Trent Brown test positive for COVID-19. Jonathan Abram was close contact. The offensive line was close contact. They kept them out. Uh, The offensive line was able to play. Jonathan Abram was out that week. Uh, They moved the game out of primetime to an earlier time But they allowed everybody to play offensive line and practice that whole week. You know, you had the same situation a couple weeks later. The defense was out. You had the whole defensive line out. So when does it matter? Does it matter when it's the reigning MVP playing on primetime in in a playoff race? Is it when you have a team that may make more money for the league? Is it when you have a more favorable matchup? Is it when you have somebody who's going to get more ratings on TV, fantasy points, point spreads in Vegas. I mean, it all comes down to a lot of conspiracy theories and a lot of things that make you go, hmm. And those are the questions that I pose. When does it matter? When does player safety matter? And when is it actually player safety and not the league covering their own asses? Because oftentimes, it seems that the league is backpedaling. Oftentimes, it seems like the league is covering their asses on a lot of different things. And I think that that's where you have to ask that question. And I think that it's a very valid question to ask because it's so prevalent in today's league. What's good for the goose has to be good for the gander. If the Ravens get postponed, the Broncos should get postponed. If the Ravens get postponed, 
the Raiders should get postponed. If the Ravens get their night game, the Raiders should keep their night game. The Tennessee Titans test positive. They close the facilities. They go practice in an off-site facility, and they're in violation. They don't lose draft picks. The Ravens don't lose draft picks. I mean, there's so many things that, and I can go on and on. I can I can complain and I can whine and I can do all these things about what the league does and the, the league bias against the Raiders. And I'm not going to do that, but I'm going to talk about player safety. I'm going to talk about making sure players are safe. If you have guys out there and guys are playing and somebody had tested positive, we know that it's not going to show up for a couple of days. So, of course, when Des Bryant's out there and he's hugging and high-fiving and shucking and jiving with everybody, it's not going to show up on a test today. It's not going to show up on a test tomorrow, but three, four days down the road, that's when it's going to pop up. That's when we're going to have some issues. And then you run into another situation of, oh, well, damn. So-and-so tested positive. So-and-so was close contact. Now you have a league-wide issue. The league's talking about all these things that they need to do to ensure that the season must go on. To ensure that players are still able to play. To, sh- to ensure that the playoffs go on and the Super Bowl goes on as, as planned. But if you're not taking these precautions, none of that can happen. None of that can happen. So league-wide, I think what the league needs to do is they need to figure out what they're going to do and how they're going to make things work and how they're going to make things safe for everybody. Now, obviously, I don't think it makes sense to put everybody in a bubble because putting everybody down in Disney World, it's not going to work for the NFL. You know, 53 players per roster plus training staff plus all that. It's not like the NBA. The NBA is a smaller, closer-knit franchise. You don't have as many people. You can do that sort of thing. The NFL, you have to mandate players. You have to mandate rules. You have to govern yourself, and each team kind of works as their own government with inside of a country. And so each team has to mandate and has to be on top of everybody. But the league has to have a uniform policy. The league has to tell players and the coaches and staffs and general managers and owners, this is what's going to happen. If you do this, then this happens. If you do this, then this happens. If you do not do this, then this does not happen. And the consequences need to be the same league-wide. You cannot punish people differently for same violations. You cannot punish people for having quote-unquote violations when there's only one positive, when other teams have quote-unquote no violations, or an equipment manager or a trainer that tests positive and doesn't tell anybody and hides it, and there's no repercussions those are the things that are frustrating those are the things that always stand out and so those are the things that we talk about those are the things that we look at as player safety enough on that as we look at this player safety game (laughs) des bryant has now said that because of the covid test because of everything that's going on he's done playing now We could take that as Des being Des. We could take that as Des being, you know, a veteran who came back to play. Last year, he came back to play towards Achilles. He wants to play with a contender. He wants to 
make an impact. He obviously wants to try to win a ring. But at what cost? He's already made a ton of money. He's not hurting for money. I think he loves. He still loves the game, but he doesn't love the politics of the game. Can Dez still play? Absolutely. Dez is a physical specimen. He's a great athlete. He's a guy that can probably play for a long time because of how well he takes care of himself. But there has to be some some validity to this that maybe he's done. He doesn't want to deal with the politics. He doesn't want to deal with the BS. You know, this is a crazy time where players have opted out. Players have decided this isn't for me. You've got guys like Chris Borland who retired a couple years after playing a season. They got a concussion because they said, I don't need this. And so players are taking matters into their own hands to say, you know what? My livelihood, my peace of mind, my sanity is more important than playing this game. And not only playing this game, but playing the politics of this game. Playing the politics of the NFL. Playing the Roger Goodell Russian roulette as to who he likes today and who he's going to back. Because that's really what it comes down to. And so you have to look at it and say, well, is Dez really done or is Dez just fed up today and is he going to come back? Is it Dez being Dez? Because we've seen stuff like this before. But that puts the Ravens in a situation where, you know, Dez is a good receiver and he's a guy that was making some plays for the Ravens. And so with him out, what happens with the Ravens? The Ravens are fighting for a playoff spot right now. Hopefully they lose tonight. The Raiders need them to lose. You know, but it's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out, how the Des Bryant saga plays out. I feel like you can't have a football season without having some kind of Des Bryant drama as long as, he, as, long as he's in the league. Des Bryant, A.B., those guys are always good for some drama. Great players, but are always good for a little bit of drama. And, you know, every... I've always, I've always said this. Every good wide receiver has a little bit of diva in him. Some just have a lot more. So if the Ravens go this game, and depending on the outcome of this game, if they lose to the Cowboys, if they beat the Cowboys, it changes their playoff chances. If they beat the Cowboys, obviously they're looking a lot better in the playoff race. If they lose to the Cowboys, the Raiders are looking a lot better in the playoff race. The Raiders have a long way to go. The Raiders you know, basically have to win out. And these are some very competitive games coming up. You've got the Colts, you've got the Chargers, you've got the you've got the Dolphins, and you have the Broncos. Now, three out of these four games are going to be at home, and it's back to back to back at home, which is nice. The Raiders have been on the road, and because of COVID restrictions, they've had to fly out to the East Coast and fly back, and then fly out to the East Coast and fly back. So it'll be very nice for the Raiders to get some continuity and be home. The issue is the Raiders have a lot of injury issues. Josh Jacobs is battling an ankle injury. Jonathan Abrams battling a knee injury. Isaiah Johnson is battling a groin injury. Damon Arnett has had back-to-back head injuries. And so the Raiders are banged up. The Raiders look to get Trent Brown back, which is really nice, especially against the Indianapolis Colts front four. You got some guys up there that can really get after it and they can get to the quarterback and to have the big fellow back is going to be very, very nice to add some continuity to this offensive line that has had some struggles in the past couple weeks. The Raiders have an opportunity. The Raiders have an opportunity to redeem themselves from last week. The Raiders have an opportunity to redeem themselves from the Falcons game. 
This is a good Colts team, but this is a Colts team where Phillip Rivers is still the quarterback. And with Phillip Rivers, he is known to make mistakes once he gets emotional. The Raiders have been known to get in Phillip Rivers' head. If the Raiders can cause disruption and get into Phillip Rivers' head, they can have some success against him. But they have to be consistent. Having Cleveland Farrell back on that defensive line was huge for the Raiders. Not only as a run stopper, but against the pass. He had two sacks. He had two forced fumbles. Cleveland Farrell played an amazing game. And these are some games that he's going to go into, and he plays better against division opponents. So, whereas, whereas the Colts are not a division opponent, Phillip Rivers is a familiar face. You know, he's old. He's the old Chargers quarterback, so he's a familiar face that the Raiders know. Then you have the Chargers. Then you have the Dolphins. And then you have the Broncos to end out the season again in Denver. So these are some winnable games, but these are some games where the Raiders really have to step it up. The Raiders really have to dig deep and suck it up and really get after it. Don't know what the status on Josh Jacobs is. Don't know what the status of Jonathan Abram is. And those are some guys that you really need to keep an eye on as to what it's going to be or where they're going to be. Because they're obviously guys that can make an impact on the game. Josh Jacobs is one of the best running backs in the game. Jonathan Abram is instills a fear and an attitude on the defense like no other. And when he's out there, the presence is felt. And so to see what happens with this is to, I'm going to be tracking the progress of where their injuries are and if they'll be playing this week, if they'll be playing next week. Uh, but it'll be very interesting to see. So as the Raiders gear up to face the Colts, they're obviously a little bit banged up, but the Raiders have a chip on their shoulder. They won a game that they should have won convincingly. They won it in the last few minutes. They got blessed by the aggressiveness of Greg Williams, uh, the know-with-all of Derek Carr to change the play and to keep some guys back, the burners of Henry Ruggs, the short memory of Henry Ruggs, and also credit to the defense for getting the ball back to put the Raiders in a position to score. Now, obviously, this isn't the way that the Raiders wanted to win that game, but they beat the Jets, and the Raiders went 7-5. and five. And that right there is Mamba mentality. You know, you talk about Mamba mentality. You talk about Derek Carr and his quest to honor Kobe, his favorite player. And one of the things about Kobe was, Mama mentality doesn't mean that you're going to go out there and play good every single night and you're going to dominate teams every single night. Mama mentality is that you're going to go out there and when it matters, you're going to put the game, the team, everything on your back. You're going to put everything on your shoulders and you're going to go out there and do everything you can to take care of business. And when the game was on the line with 13 seconds left, Derek Carr read a blitz, audibled out. Henry Ruggs went out, and Derek Carr let it fly, where he had not connected on the big throws all day. I think on the big throws, he was like 0 for 6 or something like that. And then with 13 seconds left, he connects with Henry Ruggs to win the game. I mean, that right there is the definition of mama mentality. That's the definition of taking his strike and knowing that you're going to win taking the game into your hands, putting the team on your back. 
and pulling out a win. It doesn't matter how ugly the game was. It doesn't matter how bad the team played. It didn't matter how poor or well the performance was throughout the game. All that matters is when it mattered, when the game was on the line, you pull out that win. You know, you look at Kobe, you talk about Mamba mentality, you talk about what this, what it means. And it's Kobe would have games where he would have an off game. Go 0 for 8. Wouldn't make shots. Comes down to the final play of the game and they're down by 2. And Kobe lines up at the top of the key. Jump shot. Seconds left. Swish. Wins the game. Because that was the Mamba mentality. And that's what this is about. It's obviously not about being the best every single time you go out there. It's not about being the best player on the field. It's not about being the best in the league. But it's about putting the team on your back when it matters. At Raider Nation, we've had our fair share of being on the other side of that ball. We've had our fair share of being on the other side of the field, being on the other side of the win column. And to, to get that, it feels good. You know, and I know that, you know, me being a Raider fan ever since I was born, before I was born, uh, being around this team, having the pleasure of growing up in the locker room, being around legends, being privileged to call these guys, you know, uncles, godfathers, family members. It's 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 important to me to t- to express, you know, what Raider Nation means and what how important Raider Nation is to me because Raider Nation really is a family and we will go after our own. And we could talk about our family. You know, if the Raiders don't play well, we're going to talk about our family. We're going to talk about them and tell them, hey, you didn't play well. If the Raiders play well, but if the Raiders win, but they didn't play well, we'll say, hey, you won, but we're still mad about it. And we can do that because family can talk about each other. We just don't let outsiders come in and talk about our family. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. 
Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.